He's been faithful all the time and throughout our lives we bear testimony of his faithfulness and of his goodness all the time this morning we are grateful that it is his faithfulness that has gathered us his goodness and his mercies have followed us we thank you father for loving us we bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Be seated everybody. Beautiful. Right. This morning I'm going to start a new Well, it's not starting a new series. I think I started on Wednesday. And uh, for Sunday, it's like a new series because I was preaching on seed time and harvest time. And I'm moving into something else. Carry that. Wow. It's good to see you. Beautiful. And the title of the series is Faith Secrets. There are secrets to faith that we must tap into. If you want to be successful, there are things you should know. If you don't know them, you remain ordinary. And our lives have not been called into ordinariness. There is something extraordinary about us. You see, our God is supernatural. And so many of the things that should come out of our lives, the things that we should do, should reflect the very nature of God as people who walk in faith. And if we move by how things flow, everybody is doing this, so we are doing it. This is how things are done, so we are doing it that way. We cannot walk and bear testimony of the goodness of God. And so I believe that this series, I don't know how long it will last, but for the time that we have, it shall open your eyes and your understanding so that what you have to become, you will be. Amen. Hallelujah. So this morning, the title is Faith Secrets of Mighty Men. There are people 
who are called into greatness. But most of the times, they are not born great. If you look at Jesus Christ himself as an example, he was born in a manger, as we learn. But he was a king. He was the son of God. He was great. But if you look at his birth, where he was born, that is why the Jews, having knowledge of how he was born, the family he came from, can't accept him as the Messiah, the son of God. Who should sit on the throne of David? For if God has promised his son, or he has promised a Messiah to to set them free and to bless them, that person must come in a certain way. But God doesn't normally do things that way. Great greatness normally cannot be seen. It is birthed in just normal environments or sometimes things that you can even overlook. As you are sitting here, some of you, you are very great. But even you yourself, you are doubting who you are. And people look at you, where you have come from, how you walk. And they belittle your greatness. But we are going to learn from the Bible. Mighty men who became mighty. And they were like us. Very ordinary. Looked down upon. Despised. Not regarded. But once they chose to walk with the Lord. Everything in their lives changed and turned around. And that is our story. We cannot walk with the Lord and remain the same. No. It is not a testimony of a believer. We cannot be with this great God and be little. It is not a testimony of a believer. It shouldn't be. And it should not be your testimony. First Samuel chapter 22. And let's read from verse 1. First Samuel chapter 22 and verse 1. Now, David, we all know in the Bible, was a shepherd boy who was chosen by God and anointed to be king over Israel. When he was anointed in his father's home, among his brethren, in the quietness of the home, Saul was the king. And everybody knew that Saul was the king. So, how could it be that God wants to choose a leader? And he does it in a very humble and almost like unbelievable manner. Because Saul's anointing to be a prophet or a leader was done publicly. 
And people saw it and immediately asked a question, has Saul also become one of the prophets? They realized that something had come upon him. But it was not so in the case of David. But we know that God had chosen him nonetheless. And subsequent events proved that God was with him. After the killing of Goliath, now there was a public anointing by Samuel. And you see, it had caused Saul now to hate David and he was after his very life. And David had not assumed the throne even though he was the one anointed to lead Israel. And Saul's mission and agenda at that time was that he was going to kill David. So he was going after David's life. Jonathan, who was Saul's son, had several times helped David to escape from his father's anger. Because he knew that his father was after David's life. So, in running away from Saul, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Adullam. A king is found in a palace. In those days, they had tents. They didn't have palaces. They had tents. That represented the authority and presence of the kings. But he was going to a cave. Caves were for wild animals. Human beings were not living in caves. Yeah. They were for animals. David had departed to a cave. And the Bible says, when he left, because he was running away from Saul, Saul was after him. His brethren, he had people who were brothers. He didn't say sisters, so his brethren, brothers. And his father, and his father's house had it. So his family, his father, and his mother, they had it. And his brothers who despised him, they had it. That David had run away into the cave. The one who was anointed before them to be king was running away into the cave. A king doesn't rule from a cave. Even in our historical uh, uh, background as Africans, where they think that we had dwelt in caves and things. No. Our kings didn't live in caves. Yeah. They had palaces. We didn't, we, nobody has lived in caves. Nobody came from a cave. That's right. Caves were for bats. <laughs> so he went into the cave. And when the brethren, the people who knew him in the town, the guys and his father's household had it. They went down thither to him. It's like they followed him. They joined him. Verse 2. And not only these people who were close to him, but also the Bible says, and everyone that was in distress. Everyone that was in distress. And 
everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented they all gathered themselves unto him and he became a captain or a leader over them and there were with him about 400 men now that's a lot of men no women, no children He, when he realized that the people had come and they were a lot, he knew that it would be a problem. So he went to king, uh, the king of Moab and told him that he's begging him that he should keep his father and his mother. Because he's going away to wait on the Lord to hear what God will ask him to do. So that his father and his mother will be safe. But as for his brothers and the other brethren and the <coughs> discontented the people who are distressed and the people who are in debt they were with him. 400 men. Now, the, the distress was not, you see, so, sorry, when you read the Bible, it doesn't tell us in any way that Saul, even when he became some way and he started disrespecting the anointing upon David and decided to kill him. He was not necessarily persecuting his people. His anger was not against Israel. His anger was against David. Even David's family, he didn't go after them. It was David he was looking for. It's like that boy, that boy was the only person that the king was looking for with all that he had. (laughs) And so, these people who had distresses, their problem was not related with how Saul was leading them. Or Saul was going after them. Their people were in debt. It's not because Saul was coming after them to come and pay their debts. He had not lended money to people to go after them. It was their own problems. Their people were discontented. They were not dissatisfied with the reign of King Saul. Nobody in Israel had expressed any misgivings about Saul's leadership. It was God who said, he, he, there's too much pride in him, so I've rejected him and I've chosen a man after my own heart. Because Saul was very much loved by Israel. They loved him as the first king. They prayed and told Prophet uh, uh, Samuel, Look, we want a king like other nations. And so as far as they were concerned, God had given them somebody who was very tall. The Bible says he was a head taller than everybody in Israel. So he was a man, thick, tall. You know? With a certain presence and aura and charisma. And they loved him. So he was not causing them any distress. He was not going after them, persecuting them. He was after David. But there was something about David that even in the midst of the persecution upon his life, when he was running away from the very person that God had uh, removed from being a king, he rather became attractive to people. 
Do you understand? I mean, what, what did they see? What was it about David? And to the extent that it's like the person is not going to an important place that will make them feel that this guy, he's about to be the king. He's going to a cave. A cave eh? where bats, snakes, other wild animals dwell. That's where he's gone to. And they followed him. There must be something. There must be something that they saw. Why did they who were distressed and in debt and discontented not go to their king Saul? But they followed a young boy who was being persecuted who had run away alone to a cave and they heard that this guy had gone to the cave and 400 of them followed him. The first secret of a mighty person is the ability to identify the anointing upon a man. There is something called the anointing. The power, the presence, the wisdom, the grace that God puts on people he wants to use to achieve things. Anytime something has to be done, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your community, whether it's among your friends, there is always one person that will stand out. You know, when God wants to bless you, he, he doesn't, you may have, you, you can have a dream of angels and other things that are spectacular. But the practical help that God gives us is a human being in the form of flesh and the weaknesses that you are also exposed to. But that person represents and carries a certain, a certain grace that if you recognize it, you realize that just your relationship with that person can change your circumstance. Many of us who are here are supposed to be believers. And a believer works supernaturally. It means that you don't, you, don't, you don't get attracted to and see and follow after things that everybody thinks is right. You, you pick on things that are peculiar, unique, godly inspired. So the, your choice of relationships and the choice of people you should submit to are different. And these 400 discontented, distressed people, you see, when they say somebody is distressed, you see, life, eh, there is distress in this life. Do you, do you, do you get what I'm saying? Sometimes you, you will think that, go and ask those, sometimes a marriage alone, a marriage alone is somebody's distressed lifestyle. It brings distresses. Can be distressed in a marriage. You can be in debt. Not because you, 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 you like debt. But you made wrong choices. You made mistakes. Your greed. 
Your lack of understanding. Sometimes the people in your life, the advice they give you, the competition you set for yourself, the standards you set for yourself, they put you in, in positions where you, you, you can't help yourself. You see, the desire to have, there are many people, as you have seen them dressing, going for a wedding, taking pictures and smiling, they haven't paid for their hair. Yeah. Even weddings. I mean, I remember some guy who did a wedding there. And after the wedding, he had to, he changed his number, disappeared for a while. Yeah. Because he was owing people. Ketra and a uh, guy who did, uh, what's it called? Decorations at the, uh, uh, not the hall, the, the reception ground. And photographer, videographer, I mean, it's, like, it's almost as if you are doing when you must have a, a video man. How many of us who have might record our videos and sit there and watch? Is it a series? I'm not interested. But it's almost like anybody who is marrying, you want to have a, a video man. You want to have a photographer who will take 100 shots and, 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 and print 20. Yeah, edit them and, and, and print them. Yeah, and give you album. Album for people to come and watch. They do a video for you that you will never watch. I have video, I have never watched it. I didn't pay for it. It was for free. Yeah, I didn't pay for it. It was done for free. You have gone to borrow a gown. I mean, you, have, you are wearing a gown. That gown, after every woman's wedding, no matter how, whether your gown was made by Louis Vuitton or who, which people make this designer, uh, uh, I don't know their names. You have chosen expensive gowns, designer labels after your wedding day. You won't wear it anywhere. Do you understand me? How many of you sisters who married and wore gowns have gone out with your husbands and wore the gown again? You can't wear it. And, and sometimes somebody's wedding gown alone is rent for six months. Yeah. And where they are living, where they are going to sleep after marriage, it's not good. But they, won't, they won't look at the things that are important. So, I mean, as for debt, the world is in debt. Africa, we owe more than any other region in the world. So, our leaders only understand debt. Borrow to live lavishly. They live lavishly even more than the people they borrow from. Yeah. When they are traveling, they travel with more entourage than the people they borrow from. One year, a certain man Went to visit a friend. A boss who has employed people. Saturday evening. And there was a party by the roadside somewhere. I mean a house in the area. And when he saw. He was asking the friend. I mean so who is behind this. Then he mentioned them. I said ah. That's my employee. Yeah. His employee. Was doing a party. And the man. Had talked about some 
family distresses and other things and had received some support, financial support against his salary and other things. And here he was doing a party. And his boss, his boss, who can do that type of party every weekend, doesn't live like that. And what was the reason for the party? His son's 18th birthday. 18th, 18th. Son is 18. There are some people even do baby at one. Baby at one. Baby at one. The baby at one, the party, you see that they have invited mothers, fathers, adults. They have bought alcohol. They've bought food with pepper. The baby will not drink alcohol. The baby will not eat food with pepper. He, all he wants is breast milk. Breast milk, breast milk, no water. And the mothers are there playing songs and dancing and eating chicken like I mean whether it's whether it's vulture uh, 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 meat or what big chicken. Yeah. Baby at one. Yeah. With photo shots. Yeah. Then you see that the, the whole party is for the adults. They have come dressed as if it's a competition. And they eat more than the children who have come. Yeah. One day a church member told me, uh, my, my son is five years. We, we are going somewhere to do uh, uh, some get-together for them. So it's like a, a, a hotel out of town. So they are inviting children. So I should bring my children. It, it, I, I did as if I didn't hear it. Yeah, five-year-old. My children were not partakers of such things. I will carry my children. It's like you are forcing me to come. Because the journey, I can't put my children in a van or, or ask somebody to take them along. I want to be there with them. I, I don't have time to carry myself on a Saturday, a Friday evening or something, go and sleep somewhere. And then Saturday morning, there's an all day party. I mean, wow, what is that? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. People's mistakes put them in debt. Lifestyle choices. We know how to party. Poor people, they know how to party than rich people. It's almost as if party and dancing is what takes away the sorrow. No, it aggravates it, the stupidity. Yeah. You want to be happy? Think well. Think well. Sometimes the choices we make they make us distress more. You see that you are in debt, and you hear, you get, a, you change your number. When somebody is calling you, there was a guy. Anybody say, I don't pick numbers. I don't know. Like, yeah, if somebody is calling me, he doesn't know the number. He hasn't stored the name. He won't pick it because it can be somebody he is owing who is using another number to call. So it's like any number that he doesn't know, he doesn't pick. And some people, they've blocked all their contacts. It's like, you can't call them. They can only make calls outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You are running away. Sometimes to look, is the home you come from. Daddy's choices. Daddy's decisions. They've put you in distress. I'm not happy. Discontentment. Discontentment is not a 
product of poverty. People who are rich can also be discontented. Is it life is said that no matter what you have, you can find yourself unhappy in certain situations. There are people who are in university right now who are suicidal because of the courses they are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody is praying just to enter university and do that course. In Ghana, there was a time they said that every every year or so, medical students, somebody commits a suicide. Uh, commits suicide. I don't know whether it has stopped. It has stopped. Now they go to mental hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For treatment. Yeah. Yeah. That's life. You can be unhappy. Some people are married. Their only prayer is, Lord, please change my circumstance. <laughs> When they, when they see the husband, it becomes a, it becomes a prayer topic. Yeah. The man, the man is a prayer topic. You two, you are not married. You are depressed. I am 35. I am aging. Yeah. There are some rich people, they can't sleep. Yeah, they can't sleep. I remember there was a woman. Her, her, her driver Rich woman who has houses, real estate companies. Her driver said, my boss cannot live in a house for one year. He doesn't understand it. Yeah. That's every, every, almost every year she has to move. And when she moves, she leaves everything in the house, rents it out or sell it or something, and, and buys new things for the new house. Every year. Yeah. yeah. She's able to afford it. One year she can't live in one house. Which can't problem be that one? Yeah, that's life. There are things that can make you discontented. A, you, you can't understand it. Yeah. There are people who have jobs. And when they wake up, their pressure goes up. Because they are going to the office. <laughs> Yeah. Imagine how the day is going to be. Yeah. Like a cycle. Mm-hmm. Somebody too is there and he doesn't have a job. And when he sits down, he thinks, ah, he, for, he forgets to even look after himself. Yeah. Wash his teeth. Wombaf. Yeah. <laughs> That's life. So there's, there's distress in life. There is death in life. There is this contentment in life. And the Bible says all these kind of people, they gathered themselves together as if there was a meeting. Why did they not go to King Saul? Who was the king? Who could help them? But they went to this, they followed this boy. They followed this boy. 400 men. They followed this boy called David into the cave Adullam. Four hundred men. You see, your ability to identify what is called the anointing is crucial in the step to come out of every problem and situation that puts you in distress, puts you in debt, puts you in discontentment. It's an important step to take. 
know why God anoints people? Because of their problems. Jesus Christ said in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Look at it. Luke 4, 18. He, he, he went to the synagogue. He took the Bible and he, in fact, they gave him the Bible and he opened to the place in Isaiah and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. What it is? He was anointed. He said, he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. I mean, poor people have debts. Rich people too have debts. Is that not so? Debt. You see, these things, I'm not talking about problems that are associated to poverty or riches. Problems associated with life. Sometimes there are some rich people, they owe more than anything. Hey, some of the debts that the rich people have, when you hear it, oh, you will see that you, your $2,000 is a walk in the park. Yeah. 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 Gospel is preached to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You see, distresses can break your heart. Some people are stressed. Have you not used those? Some of you, there are common words you use even up to now. I am stressed. I am stressed. You think it's, a, it's, it's, it's like a, a nice thing to see. It's not a nice thing to see. To preach deliverance. That's the work of the anointing. You see, so Christ was telling us why he came. And, and, and look at these guys in the time of David. Men who identified their problems. I mean, it's very interesting that the Bible zeroed in on the type of people and the type of problems in their lives who follow David. Because they are known. Many of us don't believe and relate with anybody who is anointed. Yeah. God does things through human beings. If change must come into your life, I'm telling you, it only comes through a human being. That's the set order. For this reason, why? that's why he sent forth his son to come into this world because he could have sent angels. He could have sent forces and powers. When he was creating the earth, he needed no one to, to, to do it. But he spoke and everything came to being. But when it comes to the restoration of man and the healing of our problems, every time he sends and raises a man, he raised Adam, the first man, to have dominion over a a world that was distressed, that was in, in, in darkness and all kinds of problems. And said, have dominion, replenish the earth. And he failed. Then he chose Abraham and gave him the promise. And Abraham inherited the promises. And after Abraham came the seed of Abraham, who up to today are the children who are inheriting the promise. And Christ also came to continue by putting all of us who are not from the bloodline of Abraham under that blessing. That's why he said that in Luke 4, 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. When you hear God's word, you are being exposed to the anointing. And what it is is that, you see, poverty is not only the lack of money. Sometimes lack of wisdom is, is, some of you don't appreciate some things. There are people here, by what you have in terms of substance, you are better off than somebody who, 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 I mean, who calls himself even rich? Financially. But because of the lack of wisdom, how you use the money? You don't see opportunities. Sometimes the, the, the one person in your life is, is like more than a bank that you, you have 
a bank vault that they've opened for you. If you learn something from that person, you will see that for the rest of your years, you will never lack anything in your life. But you see the person, you hear him talk, you despise it because the person doesn't give you money. You have done your hair. The person says, don't do this hair. You say, this person is a bush person. This person doesn't want me to look nice. You, you think that the, the person who only is giving you material things is the person who loves you. That's why some of you are attracted to foolish boys. Who tell you, you are looking, uh, uh, you are looking sexy, baby. You are looking hot. You are a bomb. That's why you have been exploding in front of them. Yeah. A bomb. Yeah. Yeah. The anointing is the power of God that effects changes in our lives. Because our situation here and where we come from is not money. We don't need money to solve our problems, we need wisdom. Our life, sometimes people don't marry. Not because people don't want to marry. Because of the demands that the families will make. When they see a man coming to marry a girl, when they write the list, you see that these people, they are stone age people. They don't think about your future. They, 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 you have come to marry, they say they want a cow. They want a pig. They want a goat. They want drinks. Arranged to your height, the height of the woman. When you see the list and you calculate the, the value of the list, you see that as you are starting life, you, that's not what. And they, they come because they are looking at an opportunity to come and party. That's the only reason why they are asking for those things. Not that they are thinking about your future in the marriage. They won't sit you down to ask, where are you and your husband going to live? They wouldn't come and even visit you and look at the room. Look at the bed. They won't help you. When you have a problem, you go to them, they will insult you and your husband. But they forgot that when, they were, when you were going to marry, they, they, they took things from you that they didn't even need. Only eating and party. Oh, they know how to party. It is wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, which is the anointing. That we, you see, we must be attracted to spiritual things. If we say we are in the faith, we must relate with people that God has anointed, who speak wisdom, who have favor. And that's what these guys who were following, who were in, in, in the cities of, of, I don't know which city they were, but they were around and they realized that, look, we have our problems, so, but there is something about that man who has gone to the cave. We are following him. Following him. Follow him. Your ability to identify. Listen, everybody here. Let me ask you, young people. Who influences your thoughts? The decisions. Your perceptions of life. Your understanding of relationships. How to even use money. Who is the one who influences you? Who talks to you? Sisters. Choices of marriage. Choices for your future. Who is the one? Be- what is the spirit behind it? 
Some of you, you've been raised by default to understand like, as a, as a woman at a certain age, you must marry. And so you put yourself under pressure to marry to please people. Hey. Hey. Who told you that it's marriage that makes people happy? If you are not happy, you won't find it in marriage. I'm of age. Sometimes you hear guys say, we are of age. To, to marry. A marriage comes by age. It comes by wisdom. Like a boy. You are you have, you have a 40-year-old boy. Marriage is for men. Hmm. You think like a boy. Your hormonal changes is not a sign of manhood. You understand? Yeah. You have a deep voice. Yeah. You see that you can have erections. So that's all that qualifies you as a man. Hey, you might as well be a gorilla. And we can relate with you. Yeah. Monkey king. Yeah. There is something. We despise what God chooses and what God uses for our lives. Everybody who must come out of distress, who must come out of debt, who must come out of discontentment, God raises somebody with the spirit of wisdom and favor. And when you link up to that person, that's it. That's it. Some of you have, look, you see, I'm speaking this way because I've also been there. School and I got a job. I was making money, but I didn't understand life. I realized that there are gaps, there are things. You have friends, you hang around every evening, you are happy, you chill. When you leave them, then you start asking yourself, Is this what life is about? You think that you have worked hard, you can sit down and drink, smoke, chat about women, chat about business, chat about politics. Talk proudly, and then that's it. You are becoming a great person. That's that's it. You know how to dress. You know how to make money. So that's all. Then you see that you despise people who even advise you marry and settle. Don't spend money this way. People who are rich, they don't sit down every evening with friends and drink their money. They don't have friends. Who gather together and if today I don't have money, they will buy me drinks. Tomorrow I will buy for somebody. It's like, you know, we are running some shift system. And we are in bondage. And for years, you see that you don't progress. But you are in a miry environment is like you see you, you are not moving on but you are you, are, you have you have just decided to accept that this foolish state is enough i used to ask myself is this what life is about is this what life is about then i started getting at this brother you got to move out you got to change how do you change 
The environment must change. Some of you, nothing pricks your conscience. Not, you don't ask questions about your life. Ask yourself. Sometimes when you even have friends who love you, who go out with you and come, you can call them, you can share fellowship with them. Ask yourself, is, that, is this the kind of crowd that you must live with for the rest of your years? They followed him. 400 people. When these people were described in the Bible, you see, it gives us a picture of hopelessness and people who had issues. Look, do you have message Bible? Do you have message Bible? Eh? Please give me message Bible. The same First uh, Samuel chapter 22 verse 1. 22 verse 1. So David, look, listen to the message Bible. So David got away and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and others associated with his family head where he was, they came down and joined him. Contemporary English. Verse 2. Speed, speed, speed. Not only that, but all who were down on their luck came around. You see, they, they say, when they say somebody is down on their luck, do you understand common English? It means things are difficult there. Things are hard. And many of us, we know, you don't need a, 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 a Holy Spirit to teach you that things are difficult. You, when you wake up, you know that things ain't right. Even with your foolishness, you can see that things ain't right. Losers! I mean, do you know who a loser is? When they insult you, loser, do you know? And vagrants, do you know who a vagrant is? A vagrant is a wanderer. Somebody who idles around, roams all over. Has nothing to do. Doesn't have a place to stay. Some of you, you can sleep anywhere. You, it's like you are, I don't know whether you are like a, a donkey. A donkey cat. Yeah. When you are tired, this is where you sleep. When you wake up, you move. When you are tired, this is where you sleep. <laughs> There's no aim. When you wake up in the day, there is no plan. There's no plan. You can be here. Somebody will call you. Charlie, I am at uh, 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 Brusubi. What are you doing? Charlie, some food has appeared here. Oh, there's some gathering. Oh, then you have landed there. Yeah. Somebody goes to meet a boy who has other boys as friends and tells you, look, there are a lot of boys in the house. I want us to go and part. Let's go. Then you to dress, polish your face, and hit the road where your things tighten your body. I mean, your stomach that is big, you put it in a, a girdle and you look like this. Oh. Yeah. Put it in a corset. Yeah. <laughs> you have nowhere to go. So, Anything that is suggested to you, you are flowing with it. That's a vagrant. Yeah. And misfits of all sorts. Yeah. Let's be happy. Yeah. Look, many years ago, I went to visit a girl. She was, we were in school together. I know, you know how it is. I was trying to. Yeah. I mean, you, you understand, you understand, you all understand. When I went to the house, look at me. Oh. 
the girl's senior sister passed a comment to the girl. This guy is a rascal. He looks like a rascal. Because you know how she concluded we used to walk in a certain way. We used to dress in a certain way. Sometimes when we are coming, I don't know how we used to, why we used to walk like that. <laughs> you, wear, you wear a shirt, long sleeve shirt. You won't button it. You wear a t-shirt under it. The, it has cuffs or, or buttons. You won't close it. You just leave it. You have worn some big jeans and you have put the jeans inside your combat and the combat you have not laced it and you are, the, because it's big you can't walk in a set so you have to throw your legs like that <laughs> and you have come to a house to come and see a girl you are not serious <laughs> you, you look like a misfit yeah yeah Sometimes, what we call fashion, you see that everybody's hair is like David's hair. You, boys who have spiked their hair, remove everything. Then you have left this. Thing. So, some places when they see you, they call you a misfit. They can't give you a job. Yes. The way you appear, meanwhile, you are a good person. By your appearance, you have pierced your nose. I mean, I don't know whether you sell rings or you, 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 are, you are advertising for uh, people who do jewelry. Your nose, your ears, rings, and uh, whatever. You have pierced your ears plenty. Strange. Boys are doing it. Girls are doing it. Simplicity is beautiful. When they say somebody is a misfit, it's like your appearance is odd. Sister, you have painted your face. You see, you see, I've seen people, and when you see their face, you see that their face paint is different from their body color. As if they are wearing a mask. You are following fashion. You have, you have put on skipping ropes as your hair. You have green skipping ropes. Green. Long. And you are standing by the road. Feeling good. Anybody who is serious minded looks at you and sees that you are a misfit. Go to serious places. Go to serious places where intellect, mind, things, brains are, are what are valued. And see whether you will fit there. You can't go. You, you can't go near. You can't go near because of the way you appear. It's like you don't care. Hey, you have the right to feel free. Yeah, you have the right to feel free, but the, your your right to feel free makes you look like a misfit. You can't. You can't. You can't flourish and you can't be accepted in certain environments. When you enter a shop, they begin to watch you. You are not a thief, but the way you look, they have to watch you. Yeah. Meanwhile, maybe you may have money eh, that you can buy things more than somebody who has dressed nice and walked in. Some people dress nice and go and steal. I have a friend. His brother, they come from a rich family. They banned him from a shop in Accra. Yeah, shoplifting. They caught him several times. He, just, he can't go there. He can't go there. Yeah. When you see him, you won't suspect him. The way he dresses and talks English. Oh man, he can argue with you legally. You know? <laughs> he knows how to talk. You can't just suspect me like that. <laughs> yeah. But you, the way you look, it's like, hey, 
When you appear, everybody's. You go to a restaurant, you enter, everybody has to check their phones. Everything has to be intact. Because of your appearance. So there are such kinds. And you see, God wants to change. Our image must change. Some of us girls, the way we dress. Ah, it's not good. If somebody wants to marry you, many guys are afraid to take your, your half nakedness and go and introduce you to their mothers. They will use you on the street. You are a street girl. They can't take you home. Even bad boys, they don't take such girls home. Yeah. You are a misfit by your appearance. Identify the grace that God puts on people. You see, when you don't look at yourself and, and address your handicap, you realize that there is no desire or willingness to change. And many of us are like that. We have settled for, for, the, for the misfit state. You, you don't want to change. Today, do I look like a rascal? Do I look like a misfit? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody. It is a relationship. Lifestyle choices. God changes people. Sometimes favor must come away. The way you look. When somebody wants to give you a job, they look at you. No, no, they are afraid. One sister met a man who wanted to help help uh, her. When the man introduced the, 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 the girl to the wife, the, the wife said, no, she's, she, she, she's, there's some strangeness around her. I said, no. That's all. Case closed. She doesn't want problems. Because of the way you look. Yeah. You want to dress your, the way you, you do yourself. I mean, ah, tone down. But you know, these things, they don't just happen. It, it, when, when, sometimes you may not know. I remember when I was told I was a rascal, I sat down and said, ah, this, all this, I mean, you know, you, you throw tantrums. But they are telling you the truth. Yeah. Telling you the truth. All these kinds of people, they follow David. That's it. This is a deep truth that you must accept. That the change that must come into your life, it comes with a certain relationship. Submission. Many of you don't know how to submit. And especially to people who are anointed, who teach you, who tell you things that can help improve your life. It's only a fool. When he is rebuked, he takes offense. Loses. Vagrants, misfits of all sorts. David became their leader. He said, hey. Now, so you would think that this guy, as he has become a leader of such people, the matter has become worse. 
Do you know how they accused Jesus? They accused him that he was having fellowship and intimacy with publicans and sinners. He, they were talking about misfits in their society at that time. The Jews did not accept publicans because they were officials of the Roman uh, Empire who were employed to, 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 to oppress them. So they saw those people as outcasts and misfits. Like betrayers, you 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 are not with us. You are you are from us, but you have chosen to to relate with other people and to take away. Matthew was such a person. Yeah. But anybody who came close to him changed. God wants us to be better, and some of you, as you are here, that's your quest. You want to be better. You want things to change. You want your life to improve. And the way God helps you is to place you under somebody who has an anointing. Somebody who can teach you. Who can tell you the things of God. Who can speak the truth into your life. We've had girls in the church who couldn't cook. Not because it's like they didn't want to learn how to cook. Because they met friends. They, 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 were, they felt comfortable with and never learned how to cook. And when they came to church and they realized that they have to marry, and it's like, you see, we, 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 me, I, don't, I didn't marry because I wanted a woman to cook for me. I didn't marry because of food. But as I've married, I have to eat. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure if, if she didn't know, my wife didn't know how to cook it, it would have been a problem by now. Because when you eat outside, you may end up eating other things outside. First Samuel. First Samuel chapter 30. I want you to see something. First Samuel chapter 30. Now, please give me King James. Go back to King James. When I call for a message, then you come back. Remember, the Bible talked about 400 misfits. Vagrants, discontented, distressed, in debt kinds of people. Losers. Who are following David. And you know what had happened? When they started following David, because God was with David, God came into their lives. And what God began to use David for, all the victories in the life of David became their victories. David started fighting the enemies. And as Saul was persecuting, he was killing Philistines. He was taking land and taking their possessions. He was becoming rich. And David was not a greedy person. He made sure that all his men were also sorted out. You know, you see sometimes you are looking for money. You are going to the wrong person. When we say, take God seriously, come to church. You, you feel that we are a waste of time. You don't understand that there is a place you can go. The Bible says the blessing of God, it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. Sister, somebody has bought an iPhone for you, but the price of the iPhone is that you have not slept. Yeah. On your own. 
he wants to eat the iPhone out of your body. Yeah. You, you don't want me to say sad things. Yeah. You have been doing it. So why shouldn't I say it? Sometimes even somebody gives you a little money to pay rent, he becomes your uh, uh, roommate. Yeah, he's a possessor of your body, not the room. It's like just the room that he has paid for. He can come at will, yeah, and take over your body and use you. And you see that you are broken, but you can't get out of it. Did you think that God? will ever give you favor and bless you with the house and take your body out as well? How does it it happen that way? There are people that we have helped pay their uh, uh, rent and other things in nature. We don't sleep with them. Uh, Paying school fees, even somebody to give you a job. There are some men just to give you a job. Brother? Sister? Yeah. I tell you. You have to offer something. But these guys, I, I mean, I don't know the number of years between 1 Samuel chapter 22 and 1 Samuel chapter 30, but I'm sure it wasn't much because, you see, David, it didn't take so many years for him to now assume the throne and become a king. Less than 10 years, 5 years. Look at what happened. And the Bible says, and it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and, uh, and, and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. They had gone somewhere to fight and they had won the battle, gathered things and they were coming back to their home. And look at what happened. Verse 2. And had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but they carried them away and went on their way. Verse 3. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives, and their sons, and their daughters were taken captives. Verse 4. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to eat, verse, uh, to, to weep, verse 5. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam the Jezulites and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Camelite. Now listen. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 22 that these 400 people were misfits, vagrants, wanderers, losers. No sister wants to marry such a person. They didn't, it describes them as 400 men. They didn't come with wives or with children. They had nothing. They didn't have horses to follow David. They walked into the cave. Poor people, death ridden. But walking with David for a few years, the Bible gives a record of who they had become that they had wives. They had sons. They had daughters. And they had a lot of possession that the Amalekites came and took away. It's like they, they had a city. They, they had a home. They were no more living in the caves. They had moved from the caves. They were living in homes built with their hands. They had possessions because they had worked with an anointed person. And now you couldn't describe those people as misfits, as vagrants. They were responsible people. My brother, you say you have served God for how many years? Show me in your life the testimony of God's faithfulness. 
is your wife? Where are your children? Of course. When you marry, it doesn't mean automatically you, you have children. That one, it is God who determines. Some of you, are, you see, you, 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 are, you, you say you are serving God. You say you have come to God. But you are still like a vagrant. You move around. You are not stable. You are like a wanderer. It's because he, you, don't, you don't flow with the power and the presence. There is nothing that, that comes from God that ministers to you. you. There is no desire to change your circumstance. It's when we are young. Let me tell you something. Many of us, we, I'm not a Roman father. You two are not. Come be a Roman sister. We have, we have desires for sex, for relationship, and for other things. They are, they are not evil desires. They are godly giving. And sometimes when you don't also rise up and, and, and become responsible to be able to enter into marriage and settle, you see that you are around lying to girls. Yeah. You are a vagrant. Every girl you see, you eat the good out of her and leave her. And nothing comes out of you. There are some sisters who have been around. Sometimes the reason why you don't have a husband is not because they are demons. You are the demon. You, your stubbornness is like a witchcraft. You see, the sin, stubborn, anybody who has a spirit of stubbornness, who doesn't listen to instruction, you practice witchcraft. Yeah. Witches fly in the night. Stubborn people, they move during the day. Yeah. Yeah. Movers. Haven't you made mistakes in life? How come after 10 years of working with God, you have not been able to overcome the mistakes? These people, it was said of them, they are misfits. You can, you can describe their mistakes and their problems and their issues, but because they work with the anointed person, because they work in the fear of the Lord, within a few years, God had given them grace. You think that serving God is just like mouth, we just come and stand here and shout, shout as if we have nothing to do. God is interested in your stability. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. What it means is that if your mind is on one thing, it brings you stability. If you take God seriously, your life will change. You see, sometimes, the, you see, the evidence of God in our lives is the wisdom that stabilizes us. Wisdom is not found in classrooms. No, it's knowledge that you can get in classroom. You can know how to solve mathematics problems. You can know how to do history, solve literature questions, solve geographical uh, questions, whatever subject. Yes, you may be good, but you may lack wisdom. The ability to live with people and to submit and to learn and to get the best from people. Because anything you want to become, somebody already is. There is no doctor, no matter how intelligent you are, who can study and say, I'm writing exams on my own to become a doctor. Except a doctor approves of you. Except a lawyer approves of you. You can't call yourself a professional. It is the same way. You say you want to work with God. God has raised people. Some of you, because you don't listen to us, you see that your life, for many years, you are like a vagrant. You are like a misfit. You are like a loser. You, are, you, you, see, you, you, can't, you can't sit down and point to God's message. You can't sit down and say, look, I've changed you. I'm stable. You are still following after women. You go here. You have stopped. You got this job. You have stopped. After so many years, you have not found anything worthy of doing. You are double-minded and you are unstable in all your ways. All, all. 
You think that when we come here and we are talking about God, we are talking about abstract things. God is interested in our lives. Is he not the one who promised Adam possessions on earth? Uh, 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 Abraham. Is he not the one who said, in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed? What does a family need? A family needs stability. A family needs a father who cares. A mother who loves. Not a disjointed and broken one. The things that God does, they are beautiful. They are beautiful. And we have had him. He is with us. He is leading us. But many of us, we are drawn away. And how they knew us is still how we are. I had a woman in my area. She didn't like me. When she hears my name, she gets convulsions. When I became a Christian, my, my, my pastor in the area, we were going to do outreach. And because I knew people in the area, I told the pastor, we can go to this house. There are people there. But I pointed the house and I was moving away. Because I know the woman. I don't want to go there. She knows me as some way. Then, pastor presses bell and it's the woman who comes. And I, I decided to walk away, but it was too late. She had spotted me. So when pastor introduced himself and said, oh, I'm a pastor. We have started a new church here. And we hear you have daughters and young people in the house. We are interested in inviting them to church. After all the things, the only question the woman asked, she saw me and asked the pastor, is that boy also in your church? Pastor said, yes. Then she said, hmm. I mean, if, if this boy is in the church, what type of a church is this? What type of a church? A misfit, a vagrant, eh? a loser. My my father's friend, the lawyer, he had a daughter. He, 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 she joined the church. When the man heard that I am the pastor, he, he sat in his house and shouted, Mr. Botry's son is a pastor. Hey, the church is finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Church is finished. I remember one day I was in church, Christmas. Then a lady came to me. My mommy says I should give you this. When I opened it, it was an envelope with a check from this woman. The same woman who looked at me and said, hmm. Now I become a pastor. A pastor over her children. Over her daughters. Who were wondrous like me. Who were stubborn. Who were jumping walls. Have you seen sisters who jump walls before? Sometimes when we take them out and we come home. We can help them jump the wall. <laughs> yeah. We can help them jump the wall and, and land in the house safely. Yeah. <laughs> And, and she's like, you see, sometimes when parents see their children misbehaving, they blame their friends. So it's like, the girls were bad, but they thought that we are spoiling the girls. You, 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 see, the, you see what it is. But God changed me. I started working with an anointed person. 
I said listen to Bishop Dark. I started listening to preaching. It started to change my mind, my perceptions, my choices, my relationships, my understanding, my walk with the Lord. I became serious in life and I walked away from all these things. Yeah. And I started to teach people. They became stable. She brought me an envelope written in her handwriting, signed as a gift. A lot of money. I was happy there. I mean, this my friend, father, who, who said, hey, Mr. Bochesan, this man, after many years, their daughter, I mean, was in, he realized that, yes, I'm a pastor. I remember he, was, he, he became partially blind. And I remember once, he asked the daughter, call him to come and pray for me. I went. I was praying with him, then he was crying. Hey! And he was shivering. Yeah. You see, don't you, don't you think that God can change your circumstance and make you fruitful, make you beautiful, make you have some honor and some respect, but you are not patient. You don't want to listen. You don't want to listen to anybody who speaks God's word to you. You don't want to humble yourself and follow God for years. You have come. You want things in a flash. If you say, he that hasteneth to be rich hath an evil eye. Sometimes the process that we have to go through to come into the greatness, is, it, it takes time. That's why some people don't like school. Because it takes time. Sit down. You are tired. You are learning. You don't understand what they are teaching you. Example is coming. Ah, what kind of life is this? Yes, but go through it. That discipline, it will help you one day. Because life's problems, is not everything that you can solve. Some of the problems, overcome them. You can finish school and not understand some subjects. It doesn't make you a useless person. But you have gained a certain discipline. seen myself change. That's why I, I, I talk to young people. I said, look, have, you see, take God seriously. When we joined the church, all the guys in the area who despised us looked at us as if it's like, we are, it's like as if when you join the church, you have made a mistake. Today, they have realized that they have made a mistake. They have realized what you, what you are. And it's like, what you are, it's not based on what you have. But there is a contentment. But the Bible says that con- uh, uh, godliness with contentment is great gain. We have gained. They can't explain. I don't need your flashy car. I don't need your travels and your holidays to Dubai to make me happy. I don't need your shopping in expensive places and posting them up to show me that you are happy. It means nothing. I'm godly. I'm content. I have great gain. God has done something that material things cannot do. Life does not consist in the abundance of things that one has. Sometimes you see people who earn a lot of money, who can do a lot of things lavishly, but they are simple. They eat simple. They eat little. You see poor man. He has fried five eggs. He has sausages. Yeah. He has potato. Yeah, one big coke. Yeah, mayonnaise. And he's eating. Oh, he doesn't have a toilet in his house. And you see somebody, somebody who eats for strength, little biscuits. I remember once we visited a guy. I was with a shepherd. 
and the guy came to serve us tea. I mean tea and some British biscuits. The biscuit doesn't have taste. I remember the guy when he he he, he saw the thing. I was like, this rich man, is that the only thing he can give us? <laughs> I've come to a rich man's house. You want what? You want a, a pig head spiced with pepper, grilled. <laughs> yeah, the man is not thinking about food. He eats for strength. I mean, and when he brought the tea, there was no sugar. There was no sugar. There was no milk. It's like, ah, which can't life be this? It's a way of eating. You are used to, it's like your tea. Some of you, when you are doing tea, it's as if you are doing ice cream. The milk and the sugar. That's why you have a lot of diabetes. One small teacup, you can put four cubes of sugar. One day I was with a friend somewhere. We went for breakfast somewhere and he, he poured the, 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 the tea and I saw him pick a cube sugar. One, two. I said, hey, why? Oh, then he added third one and then fourth. I said, no. He said, me, I like sugar. <laughs> you like sicknesses? Yeah. Yeah. Wisdom is justified of her children. When you walk with the Lord, he changes you. If you have walked in Christ for all these years and you are still very conscious of your body, you are thinking only about what you eat, what you wear, where you sleep. You have not walked with the Lord. Seek ye first the kingdom and its righteousness and all these things. Oh, what does it mean to seek God and to seek its righteousness? Move away from like passions. Move away from things that corrupt us. It's not something that is too difficult. You can do it. Sometimes the reason why some people are rich is because they have sacrificed a lot of pleasure for work. They think, they plan. If they have to eat or do something or travel, they, it's like what goes into But that's for you. You just get up and you are walking like that. Yeah, like how we used to walk those days. When you step out, you, you walk like that. As if you own the world. Yeah. Hmm? Take your time. Life is a journey. And the people who make it to the end are people who are wise. Yeah. The people who make it to the end are the people who are wise. The Bible says, He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Today you think you are saved. Yes, walk in the salvation. But there is a way to walk. There are things you have to do. Who speaks to you? Do you listen to preaching? Do you listen to teachings? Do you, is there somebody in your life you see the man? It's like they get problems everywhere. Women are struggling because the man he doesn't think. He has been raised in a traditional setup and he thinks that a woman can't question his stupidity. Who are you? Who are you to talk? One day I was in my car with my wife. We were turning to the house 
and a guy had parked on the junction that we are turning. I was blowing my horn. This guy was on my head. And my wife, who was on the right side, rolled down and said, will you move? He, the only thing he said was, he looked at me and said, you are letting a wife talk. You are letting a woman talk. And I said, keep quiet, you are a woman. Yeah. It's like, a, a woman shouldn't see your foolishness. You are being an idiot. A turning. You have, you have parted. We are blowing the horn. You are comfortably looking at us. And when the woman talks that move, say, keep quiet. You are a woman. What kind of upbringing is that? And you walk there proudly. You are an idiot. In, 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 that means like the head is rotten. You call yourself a man. And the society has accorded you a status as a man. Dysfunctional head. Abigail, that we read about in the Bible, she had a foolish husband, but she was wise, wiser than the the, the way he she spoke to David. David would have killed that guy and wiped out his whole house. But a wise woman, wiser than the man, but I'm sure he didn't respect her. Sometimes you see a woman who is wiser than you. Humble yourself and learn. It doesn't take anything away from you. One guy married. He had problems. His wife was talking. He said, I mean, you, you want to change my personality? I won't accept it. I said, brother, that foolishness must change. It's not the personality that you must be proud of. You are sluggish. You are timid. You are backward. And when you have a wife who is forward thinking and helpful, you, you, you say that she wants to change my personality. Sometimes that's how we come into the church. You see that you are off in your thinking, but you will not like pastor to talk to you. You will shut away the counseling. You will shut away the wisdom. Anything that you... Look at this man. He doesn't know my story. Look at these people. They are talking. When they collect our money and they eat, they just disrespect us and talk anyhow. Meanwhile, you, as we are talking, how much money have you given for me to eat? Yeah. <laughs> the people who are eating your money are the foolish girls you are following. Uh, we should be ready to go home. Everybody who becomes mighty has a secret. And the secret is you tap into somebody who is great. You see, David, eh, God made him great. When nobody knew how great the guy was going to be. And he took misfits. He took losers, vagrants to see greatness. And I'm sure Leonard people will look at this guy and despise him. Jesus Christ walked on the earth. The scribes who were learned, the Pharisees who were the elites, the Sadducees who stood in council, they looked upon him and despised him. But his wisdom was higher than the wisdom of Solomon. He had something nobody had on earth. But they despised him. Up to today, there are people who despise the church. They despise us when we talk. And some of you, me, I'm telling you, eh? If I had not come to the church, any bad thing that you can think of, I would have been inside. If I show you, my friends, you understand it. And when I see these guys walking around and feeling good, and say, look at you. I'm feeling good. And that's it. Where are you going with that feeling good? Yeah. There's nothing in it to. 
many people of all the things they portray outside, you see that when they are sitting down quietly, they, 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 they ask. One day a guy came to me in the office. I was here alone. Then somebody was knocking. Grown up man, he came. Are you a pastor? Are you the pastor of the church? Yes. He started to talk. Grown up, he was crying. It's like he has realized that he has friends, his lifestyle, he has made mistakes, he has walked away from a man who loved him, who was helping him. He chose, it's like a lot of mistakes. I, I made him talk. He spoke and cried. I said, brother, if only you realize that you have to change and you accept God and walk and move away. That's your ticket. Because sometimes when people are in this thing, they don't see that as a mistake. Sometimes some people see, but they don't know how to get out of it. And when you hear us talking, you won't humble yourself. Our leaders, they go to school in European countries. They listen to educated people. Systems that work. They learn from the best. When they come here, they throw it away as if they have never been to school. They become tribal leaders. When they are in power, they think about their wives, their children. They change their, the circumstances of their family people, their villages, where they live. Then they leave all of us in darkness. Which, which, which developed country has leaders who think that way? Who lead that way? It's like, you see, the opportunity to become great is around. There are people, things we can learn from, but we look at it and we despise it. Despise it. You think that the church is a useless body. There are people who even don't value schools, education, whatever it is. Yeah. But you can't deny that one of the reasons why we have changed and developed is because of these things that have come. Because some, so there are some things that we are doing today. If we have not been to school, we will be barbarians. Don't take the church for granted. Don't take people who teach you for granted. David was great. And everybody who was close with him. Look at these people who from 1 Samuel chapter 22 to 1 Samuel chapter 30, now they had wives, they had sons, they had daughters, and they had possessions. And they had become envious that enemies were attacking them. I mean, look, there's a guy who lived in a certain area some years back. He says, the area was known as an infested area for crime because it's, it's, it's like it's developing and you have to get down from a junction and walk in the dark and where he works he closes late so he says that when he closes do you know what he does he changes into ragged clothes eh, and looks like some misfit a ruffian a rascal and walks some way you know he said, when a thief sees such person like, oh, this madman what yeah meanwhile he has his phone he has his laptop. He has things of value that they rob people for. But he has chosen that I have to be safe here. It's like, hey, he walks <laughs> laughing on his way. <laughs> Nobody says, I behave like a madman to go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. You see him with his rubber back, stuff with his uh, wet clothes and other things. The, he's known as a madman who walks there in the night. Because when somebody is mad, have you seen a robber robbing a madman? Sometimes the way you have dressed, they will come to you, they want to steal. You don't have it, they beat you, they slap you. Why don't you have money? Should have next time have money on you. <laughs> yeah. see, when you don't have anything, you are not envied. A thief even doesn't have value for you. But the day God enters your life and you begin to have substance. There is no man in this church who shouldn't marry. Because those of you who are grown and you don't marry, you will be having sex with girls. You'll be living like... You, this body is difficult to tame the body. Bishop, it's true. Yeah. You are growing. By the time you are about 50 years, you can easily get prostate cancer. Because your generator has been packed for a long time. Yeah. Marry and be free. We tell people, you don't need money to marry you. You need wisdom. For some of you, your lifestyle choice, you think you have to have... Recently, I was talking to a brother. I was asking him, 32 years old or so. And I said, look, you have a job in a bank. You have a business on the side. He prints t-shirts and other things, designs, nice. What's happening to marriage? Oh, he said, I want to build a house. When I finish building the house, then I marry. I say, you are a stupid boy. Yeah, I want to finish building a house. It's like, uh, who, who taught you that? Where did you learn that from? Where is it written? You, you see lack of wisdom. And he's around. Today he's with this girl. Tomorrow he's with that girl. Moving around. Blowing them and being blown away. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you know what it takes to marry? All you need is a bed that is strong that will not break. And a job. A job that gives you income. That can feed you. And you learn to be content. Some of you, if you have 5,000 a month, it's like it's too small. Your lack of discipline is what makes you unable to handle that. Somebody is married and earns that amount of money and looks after children. You, you have nobody. But the money is not enough. Your taste buds are big. And you see, when you are in discipline at this stage, the day you get more money, the taste will grow. I tell you. There are some of you, eh, the reason why you are poor is because of the way you think. Any small money you have, you put it on your body and walk hungry. So the more you have, the more foolish you become. You buy a car. You, you see that when something spoils on the car, you have to pack the car for one month to raise money to buy parts. You don't need a car to impress you. If I don't have a car, I can walk. I can take a van. Who am I? If I sit in a van, would they take my bishopric away? Or would they, if my wife decides that she doesn't like me because I don't have a car, I'm sitting in a van, I'm sorry for her. Yeah, we like to walk. Ah. Ride bicycle. Go and see people who are in nice developed countries, who are prime ministers who are riding bicycle to work. Our leaders have eaten. They can't even sit on a bicycle. Some of them, if they sit on a bicycle, their bicycle will tip over. Stomach is big. They can't fit. They can't fit. 
<laughs> Look, it's enough. It's enough. It's enough. Are you believing God to walk in wisdom? This secret thing, don't despise it. When, there are some people, when they come into your life, the only effect and influence on your life is a change. And it's a godly change. I've had friends after the flesh. And I've also, have, have, I've also related with friends after the spirit. And there's a difference. I've had fathers after the flesh. And I also have fathers after the spirit. There's a difference. I've had counsel in the flesh. I've had counsel in the spirit. There's always a difference. Yeah. There are things that are of value that many of us despise. You are looking for big breaks. No. But the things of God, they, they, they start, you see, it's like, I mean, look, coming to church is never a waste of time. Some people feel that going to school is a waste. I, I, I've stopped school, I'm doing business. Then you see that for some years, the thinking and the capacity to develop anything is not there. Then you are a woman. It's like all you want is a man to marry. It's like when a man marries you, then you are okay. Marriage doesn't solve your problems. If you don't think well and you marry, sometimes you can marry a good person, but the way you, do, you think, you become a burden. You won't understand it. You understand it. Then what you are looking for, you don't get. Yeah. Learn. There are people that God has blessed with wisdom. If you listen to them, you'll be blessed. I see your life changing. I see transformation coming upon your life. I see favor walking into your life. May you recognize and identify the person God has anointed for you. There is favor all around us. God has raised servants. He has raised me as your pastor. He has raised Bishop Doug as our father. There are things we, we, we should listen to and it will be a blessing to our lives. But we are wondrous. Vagrants moving around to and fro. Not stable. What are you looking for? That thing is close to you. People saw a young man who was moving into a cave away from a king who was persecuting him. But they followed him. And within a few years, testimonies were given about them. When you read 2 Samuel chapter 30, uh, 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 23, verse 8, it tells us, it begins to give us a list of the people and what they were able to accomplish. Great men who broke into the Philistines and possessed whatever was there. Anything they wanted, they they fought for. They served. They were faithful. Men of valor. It's like strong and mighty men. They had walked with David. See, there is nothing you do for God that you don't get a reward. Whatever you become in God, that's what you become in your family. Wow. Yeah. Wow. If, if, if God favors you and changes you, that's who you are. Me, my family, I'm a spiritual authority. Any things my father will do, he will talk to me about any problem he will call me yeah (laughs) yeah yeah don't look 
for power and authority from the wrong places. Lift up your hands. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep your heart. The Lord wisdom and every favor. The Lord draw you into loving him and to connecting with the person that has been chosen over your life as your authority. There's always somebody God sends into our lives. It could be me. It could be Bishop Dad. It's always a man. It's always a man. I bear record of how his life has influenced me. Many things I've walked into that would never have done it but for him. My life is a better testimony today. I don't know your story but it always ends well with the Lord. I don't know your path but choose the Lord. Love him. He will lead you. You will know the person that you must listen to. You will know the person who must lead you. You understand where God wants you to go and you will walk away from people who shouldn't be in your life. They are like leeches. They suck away your life. They take away your substance. But you see, you can't jump out of those circles. You are going down, but you can't walk out of the bondage. You are going backwards, but you can't jump out of it. What is holding you? What is holding you? How come after so many years of saying to yourself that you are a son of God, there is nothing to stand by as a testimony only to say that we have life. It's not a testimony to say we have life. We have life. We are surviving. We have life. We have surviving. How long do you will continue to bear such a testimony? Are you not tired? Are you not angry that you have marked time at one spot? You have not moved forward. You have not enlarged your course. Nothing has changed in your circumstance and your situation. But you are just bidding your time. What are you waiting for? There is nothing like a big break. Today, God is speaking to you. He is leading you to a blessing. He is sending somebody into your life to alter your mind. To make choices. Thank you, Jesus. Father, help us give you glory we give you honor step into our situations give us grace that one day we will stand and we will not be pointed to as misfits as losers as discontented people distressed debt ridden broken vagrant no David gave a testimony he said I have been young, now I am old. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. You, you are laboring for your children. You see, God's blessing, it is to your children. You say you are laboring for who? But you are taking away God. You can't pass on your labors to your children. You can only pass on the blessings of God to them. And let God be the one who is a blesser of your life. Father, we thank you. Give us grace to walk in all truth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Every eye closed. Everyone standing. If you are here this morning, somebody invited you. Or you came here on your own. And as you are hearing the preaching and the word of God, you realize that you need God in your life. You need Jesus, this son of God, who came with the heaviest of anointing, who drew
drew us closer to him that he will lead us unto the father he said behold i go and i prepare a place for you if it were not so i will not tell you this life is not only about where we are physically but the blessing transposes into a realm that we can't see but it begins with the relationship here on earth for if you don't make it here with him don't expect him to be the one who will take you across the river your journey into eternity and to everlasting blessing it starts with a decision and a choice to love and to serve him and to give your life to him that's what it is all about the change starts from today it starts from here it begins on this earth and if you are here you want to say pastor help me I want to give my life to Christ today lift up your hand I want to pray with you wherever you are God has spoken to you. God has touched your heart. You want to make this decision. You want to walk to the Lord and say, I'm giving my all and my heart to you this morning. Lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. Lift it up. Lift it up. God bless you. I can see the hands up. Lift it up. Yes. Lift it up. Lift it up. Don't be shy. Lift it up with joy. Lift it up. If you have lifted up your hands, I want you to move from wherever you are. Just walk to me. Walk. Come forward. Come in front of me right now. Come and stand in front of me. God bless you. God bless you. Stand in front of me. Yes. Lift up your two hands. If you know you have to be here, be here. Don't stand there and hide. You know God has been speaking to you. Your heart is beating. If you know you have to be here, walk. Come and receive the Lord. Everybody lift up your hands and follow me. And those of you who are here, it is your prayer. Can you hear me, my sister? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Beautiful. So repeat the prayer after me. And I want the congregation to also join. Every eye closed. Let us pray. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I believe in my heart that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to come and love me and die for me and shed his blood to wash my sins from today I accept Jesus and I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior and I receive forgiveness of all my sins through the blood that he shed for me from today I am a born again child I belong to the Lord. My sins are forgiven. Every curse is broken. Every burden is lifted up by the power of the blood. From today, I belong to you. You are mine. I am yours. Heavenly Father, please write my name in the book of life and help me to be faithful until the end. Thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you.